0: At Qualcomm, we believe in staying connected, and you can see us wherever 5G is helping transform telemedicine, supporting remote education, and powering mobile PCs. The Invention Age is here. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage.
1: This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki.
2: Hello, 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 Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And today we have a very exciting show for you, as we always do. Are you prepared for the apocalypse? You know, are you prepared for possibly, I'm not saying it's going to happen, it's not a zombie apocalypse, it's really, really a financial apocalypse. And as you, for those of you who listen to Rich Dad, you know that every 10 years, there is generally a major, major setback. And the question is, are you prepared? So, Kim, why don't you introduce our guests? Well, we have
3: two experts, and and they are really in the field when it comes to financials and talking to people about their financial situation, their economic situation. And our first guest is Rebecca Jarvis. She is the chief business, economics, and technology correspondent for ABC News. I'm sure you've seen her on the news she's at uh, a lot of the major programs of ABC and, and she was
2: she just recently me had had me on her program so I want to say <laughs> thank you to her and, thank being, you. and being and being in person with her I can say she has a face for television and I have a face for radio.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and she Very is also Rebecca is also the creator and managing editor of Real Biz with Rebecca Jarvis and our other guest is our good friend John McGregor he's a certified financial planner His new book is coming out soon. Right now it's called Thrive, The New Science of Financial Transformation, Attaching Your Brain to Your Wallet. And uh, he also has a white paper, Questions to Ask When Selecting a Financial Advisor.
2: So it's going to be a very exciting show because, again, we're talking about the (laughs) coming apocalypse. And if we're grown adults, we all know Marcus Crash. I mean, so why pretend, you know? So that's why John John and I grew up in Hawaii. And he knows I always... Jump on financial planners who say to invest for the long term, and the question is: Do you have a plan B? That's really the question. You know, what happens if the market crashes, and your long-term plan goes down the toilet? And for those of you who have listened to Rich Dad, you know that crashes make people like us richer. So in the 2008 crash, it was fantastic because the rich used debt to buy assets. So when the markets crashed. The bank's interest rates dropped, which was fantastic. Service got wiped out, people lost their homes, but they gave people like me, Kim and got about $300 million to buy stuff. So it's a different philosophy, and that's why we have these two ex- experts, Rebecca Jarvis and John McGregor, who are gonna to talk to you about how do you prepare, if there's gonna be a crash, are you prepared? So John, let's start with you, because this is one of your uh, rants all the time. When you deal with people in real life every day on the streets, how many people are prepared for the zombie apocalypse?
4: Oh, very few, if any, at least in the world that I'm dealing with. And you Most deal people with th- have the strategy I call H-I-T-S, hits, head in the sand. <laughs> it's a tragedy, and I think we're facing a train wreck. That's going to get even worse. Even with the stock market at an all-time high, I think, frankly, that's giving people a false sense of security in their financial situation when they see their 401k balances up a little bit. And that's allowing them to go out and spend money that they don't have, which is causing even more problems. But, uh, you know, the feedback that I'm seeing from most people out there is less about what they're saying and more about what they're not doing. And I recite these statistics all the time. 70, you know, as a result, 76% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. And the big one, 63% of people could not come up with $500 for an emergency expense. Mm-hmm. It's crazy.
5: That's what I would add to that, John. It's not just about looking at your 401k and feeling like maybe you have a little extra cash on the side. The Mm -hmm. reality is that most people aren't even putting money into a 401k. Most people aren't saving for tomorrow in the slightest bit, and they are living uh, paycheck to paycheck. I see this in surveys all the time, and I talk to people, (laughs) our ABC News viewers all the time, who are facing when, when that new medical bill comes up, when a new problem in the family, Comes up, that's a financial problem. Those are the things that, whether or not the markets sell off tomorrow, you can bet you're going to have those. Every family faces these setbacks financially, and to not put any money aside and to not be prepared in any way is a huge mistake and an unfortunate one that a lot of people are making.
3: So, Rebecca, I mean, everybody says save money, you know, put money aside, and why don't people do that? What's this, What's happening?
5: Well I think there's two things. One, there is the argument among many that I just can't put any money aside. I'm I'm going paycheck to paycheck. I gotta cover my bills, I gotta cover my child care, I gotta make my car payment, I gotta make my mortgage payment. People are overextended. They also are not making it automatic. And that's something I recognize that, that here at Rich Dad, you guys you you, you, you sometimes take a, a counterpoint to this, but in my in, in my experience when you you make it automatic when you put the money automatically into the 401k or you take money automatically out of your paycheck you set it into a savings account so you have the cushion there that's what keeps you from thinking, oh, I've got to set the money aside. Instead, it's like you don't have the money in the first place. Think about it as something that you don't get to spend day in and day out and keep, keep those short term. This is what I grew up learning from my mom, who's also a financial journalist. You have to think about the long term goals before you think about the short term gains that you want in that moment.
2: Well, John, you're the guy that deals with them on the street every single day. That's why you're on this program, and you know that's good advice. Mm -hmm. That's like advising me to go on a diet, cut out the uh, chicken wings and beer, but I'm never going to do it, right, John?
4: No. I mean, that's what led to great frustration in my own practice doing this for over 20 years. I poured information, graphs, charts, fancy financial plans, and leather-bound books, and as soon as they walked out the door, it was back to status quo. On their way to Best Buy to pick up their new... Sixty-inch flat screen on a credit card.
2: <laughs> so so, what, <laughs> so uh, what? The financial
4: fa- community has failed in delivering what the people need in order to make the necessary changes around their financial situation.
2: Okay, so we've all heard this. We all know the the standard thing: set some money aside and save, save, save till it hurts, and all that. And of course, everybody knows I don't do that. Any of that stuff. Why save money when the banks are giving me money? That's that makes more sense to me. But anyway, the point is, when Kim and I were watching the markets go up and down around 2004, when, you know, when everybody was jumping into real estate because the real estate was at an all-time high, you and I were getting out, right?
3: We were getting out. We, were, we saw the writing on the wall when, when we went into, when people could not even qualify for a $600 a month rent, yet they could qualify for a nothing-down $250,000 home we knew something was wrong and and rebecca you did something on this in 2005 you saw all this debt that was being given out like like candy Right. Yeah.
5: Well that's so my the one of the very first stories that I ever pitched. I started my career in finance. I studied economics and constitutional law and I made a decision to go into finance initially so that I could pay off my student loans before taking a journalism job, which I knew wasn't gonna pay me anything. But I, I pitched the one of the very early stories that I pitched to Cranes and ultimately wrote for them was this idea that companies were taking on more and more debt because hedge funds wanted to own that debt. There were various investors that wanted to buy it. And as a result, the banks that were helping to underwrite the debt were working with companies and they were making the covenants. Those are the things that a company has to live up to. They were making all of those restrictions lighter and lesser. And in some cases, they were stripping them away altogether so that a company, and we saw this with individuals as well, so that companies could go out, take on debt, and not really have to live up to the principles that they once did, making them much riskier. Which, is,
3: which is what happened with the real estate market and all the exactly. people that couldn't
2: qualify for rents. <laughs> so, John, uh, my question is this. You know, if you know it's coming, if you know this crash is coming, even if they don't listen to you, what could a person do?
4: Well, that's, that's a tough question because, I mean, people can be doing things right now, um, and it's not rocket science. The problem is is motivating people to do it.
2: Well, do what? I mean, that's that's, see, that's, that's the whole thing, John. I mean, you know what? what um, I, I think one of the worst pieces of advice is invest for the long term. Especially today with HFT, high frequency trading. And as Rebecca says, these co- corporations are floating on debt. They've basically done huge stock buyback programs. It's a balloon in the stock market. Everybody knows it, but nobody says anything about it. Now, to me, as a professional investor, I see this as the biggest opportunity in history. This next crash, if it comes, will be the biggest in world history. And if you're not prepared for it, what are you going to do? And really, that's what this today's Rich Dad show is about. And once again, our guest star, Rebecca Jarvis, she's, she's a chief business economic technology correspondent for ABC News, and then John McGregor, personal friend for years from my wife, fellow rugby player, certified financial planner, frustrated certified financial <laughs> planner, and his new book out is Thrive and I'm, I just wanna know what you tell the poor and middle class because I think they're gonna to be toasted.
3: But isn't, and isn't part of the biggest part of the problem that they, you talk about the poor, middle class, and the rich, they're all different mindsets. And how do you, how do you get a, a poor person or a middle class person to even think this way? I mean, what we do is totally opposite of what most people do. So how
2: many stocks do we own, Kim?
3: None, right. very, very, very de- few. How much debt do we We have, have a lot of debt, we're opposite.
2: Yeah, and how much tax do we pay? Very little, if yeah.
3: to to none.
2: And so that's a whole different uh, mindset and strategy and skill set. That's the big difference. And so when I talk to John, and John and I sit around because we're drinking beer, have fellow rugby players. And he goes, I don't know. What would you tell those people? So really, that's the question. It's the same question I'll give to Re- Rebecca. Everybody knows they should save for retirement, but most don't. And if there is a crash. Rather than seeing it as the greatest opportunity in world history, it's gonna wipe them out like a tsunami. Or it's like that guy, Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank says, gonna crush you like the cockroach that you are. You know, I sit there <laughs> listening to this stuff, but still people don't do anything. So when we come back, we'll be discussing more with Rebecca and John. If there is the biggest crash in world history coming now, every every 10 years, the last one was 2008, what can you do?
1: You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki.
2: Thanks for tuning in to the Rich Dad Radio Show. If you like what you're hearing, go to iTunes or Android, subscribe to the show, and leave a rating and review to help other financially-minded people like you find the Rich Dad Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in, and keep on learning.
1: And now, the Rich Dad Radio Show and the Rich Dad Company voicemail box are proud to present Rich Dad's number one fans.
4: I'm a Honolulu boy, I live in Arizona now, and I found the lost Dutchman gold mine in the mountains of Arizona. It's the most sought after lost treasure in the United States. Over 100 people have died looking for it, six men in the last six years. I'm a Honolulu boy. I found the most sought after lost treasure in the United States, I'm a Honolulu boy, and this story is worth millions of dollars. There's a state park called West Esmond State Park in Arizona. It's in the wrong place, so my discoveries become political.
1: Rich Dad's number one fans.
0: Every business owner and real estate investor needs asset protection. Entities like LLCs. S or C-Corps are vital to protect yourself and your business. Let Corporate Direct guide you through the process of forming a corporation or LLC. Corporate Direct is owned by Rich Dad advisor Garrett Sutton and is Robert Kiyosaki's choice for corporate formation. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off a formation. Call 800 That's 800 600 Or visit online at CorporateDirect.com. That's corporatedirect.com.
1: It pays to listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki
2: and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And we're talking about are you prepared for the next financial meltdown? You know, is it coming? Who knows? I think it is. The difference is I am prepared for it. I'm just not knocking on wood. I'm prepared for it. (laughs) So you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes and Android, and you can listen to our podcasts. Just re-listen to this podcast at richdadradio.com. We archive our programs because repetition is one of the ways people learn. And by listening to this podcast again, or radio program again, you might pick up a few more details you might have missed. And more importantly, if you have friends, family, and business associates who are knocking on wood rather than doing something, this is the program for them. Our guests today are Rebecca Jarvis, Chief Business Economics and Technology Correspondent for ABC News, and dear friend John McGregor, Certified Financial Planner. He's a guy that's really on the street dealing with those people. And he's the author of a new book which will be released in 2017 called Thrive the new science of financial transformation, attaching your brain to your wallet, which might be a good idea. Any comments, Kim?
3: No, this is, this is great, because we have two very, very special experts. And uh, as we went into the break, we were talking about these people, people out there know what they can do to better prepare, but they don't do it. So what, what let's start with Rebecca, what specifics can they, what can they do that's easy, that might make a little impact? when this thing crashes, if it crashes? Well,
5: first of all, I think history is an important, I always look to history for lessons. And one thing that we know from history is that if you sold, if you did have your money, that nest egg, in a 401k in the Great Recession, and you sold at the height of the Great Recession, you lost half of those savings. Those who held on had made their money back and then some within three years. And no matter where you are in your life, Ideally, you've been also setting aside some funds in a place where they're not necessarily in the market because when you put them in the market, they can lose, they can gain, but you've got some money basically under the mattress that you can rely on. And and some people will tell you three to six months. I think you need a year's worth of what you would make in a, in the span of a year, so that you have that as as your cushion, now that said, I realize a lot of people listening are going to say that 's impossible i don 't have that money set aside. The other thing that I personally have always valued in my own life is investing in myself and that means education and now there are a number of ways that people can invest in that education and learn a new skill set that will help you in the job force in ways that even 10 years ago we didn't have access to these things. So Duolingo, Coursera, Khan Academy, these are all apps. And websites that you can go to and for free or a very nominal amount of money you can learn a new skill set for free or a nominal amount of money you can go on the internet right now and learn to program computers one of the most in demand skill sets among the workforce right right now and I get it that's a hard thing to do but it also is something that if you really do care about this I would say investing in yourself is one of the very best things and lowest cost things you can do with your time
2: so fine a new job skill
5: a a new job skill something that's in demand right now there are we know that retail and a number of other industries right now are suffering and they've been shutting jobs uh, for for a long time now and you've got robotics and automation coming in and taking jobs there's there's obviously uh, other issues at play as well but for those who are staring down that reality the good news about all of that new technology, which is potentially harmful to your job, is that the technology that's out there can also train you and help you. And no, at no other time in our history has, has humankind had access to the type of educational materials that exist right now on the Internet, on apps, in the palm of your hand, in
2: your phone. So, John McGregor, what do you say to people? I mean, you deal with them every single day. You actually see their numbers most of the time, don't you? Oh yeah, how for the are, most part, and how
4: I'll pe- that in a moment.
2: How prepared are, you know, the, the key here is this, all right. In 2005, when we saw the real estate market climbing and prices kept going out of sight, rather than getting happy, we became afraid. And being afraid, we changed direction and got prepared for the crash. So right now, Kim and I are not in real estate, we're not buying, we're in a pullback position, waiting for the stock market crash. So we're cashed up, we, we, we're not, sticking our neck out right now, and we're very excited about the future. But where, what what do you say to other people who may not have a nest egg or anything? I mean, they don't listen to you, first of all, but what could you say, what would you say?
4: Yeah, well, first and foremost, I just wanna echo what uh, Rebecca said. Um, I couldn't agree more. There are so many opportunities at people's fingertips to essentially put the accelerator pedal on their income. Because frankly, there's two things that you can do if you really boil it down, make more money or spend less. What would you rather do? I think we'd all rather make, make more, more money. money. And, the, and the thing that I always recommend, and, and I'm not prompted, this is not a commercial, but I always tell people play the rich dad cash flow game. That is an excellent way to get started and get your mindset rolling in that direction of making more money and the possibilities of making more money. But the education is absolutely critical. But what? from a practical standpoint, in terms of what I deal with every day, a typical scenario, is a client couple will come into my office with what i refer to as a junk drawer full of financial statements that they've accumulated over time based on products and services that they purchased over the years that they have no idea what they do what they're invested in or how much they cost so the first thing i always recommend is organization that's almost half the battle because people have no idea what they own in fact a recent study came out showing that 40% of couples don't even know what their spouse makes in terms of their income. So there's a complete lack of awareness out there in terms of their current financial situation. But,
2: but John, doesn't so that getting take, organized, John, doesn't take a lot of time and effort to organize if you're not organized? I mean, do you do that for people? I mean, that's not profitable for you, is it?
4: Oh no, I absolutely do that because it makes my life a lot easier frankly do you charge them for I, that yeah, service
2: or going through that shoebox? no box no, no
4: I, I <laughs> and I give them guidance a lot of it's a lot of it is on them to come back with them. and frankly that's another problem is there will be missing statements and we'll schedule that follow-up meeting and they'll never come back with those statements they forgot or they postponed the meeting or what have you um, but that makes my life a lot easier if I help them get financially organized that's a
2: lot of work and there's right actually
4: a, it is a lot of yeah work. I, and I have a filing system that I can offer your audience as well Um, that helps guide people into organizing their finances but once they set that up it makes it so much easier it's really effortless going forward there is a little work up front yes
3: but and don't you also find I mean the first step is people don't even want to talk about their finances they don't want to even look at it they don't want to open up those bills it's like you got to overcome this hurdle that finances is like like the devil (laughs) their own financial
2: situation So, so Rebecca, really stupid, how do you yeah. how do you talk address people? Exactly what John says. You know, you have to be organized. And Kim and I, being on the other side of the equation, you know, we don't do that. Well, we y- we, we have full full charge bookkeepers and accountants, all that doing that for us. We, mm-hmm. we, but, but what does the average guy do?
3: But but also let me just add because we have all that now. We also the very first thing we did when we had nothing was we hired a bookkeeper. Yeah, because that bookkeeper held us accountable and made us. Face those numbers even though we had more going out than was coming in at the time Um, but that held us accountable so I mean Mm -hmm. one thing people can do and they say well I can't afford it and yeah you can't afford it you can figure out how to afford it but to start there where somebody is you know making you look at those numbers I think is crucial Yeah, we've actually,
5: so I've, in a similar vein, I've done a lot of stories over the years about how to get the best uh, tax return, you know, how to get the biggest amount back on your taxes. And time and time again, it comes back that if you work with a professional accountant, while you'll pay a lot more upfront, a professional accountant tends to get you the biggest refund on your taxes. So I think to that same point, having a professional can be very useful. Of course, finding the right professional and somebody who's trustworthy is really key. I also, back to my original point about technology being useful, there are now a number of apps, again, free apps, and I don't work for any of these companies or get kickbacks or anything like that. I've just covered them over the years. For example, there's one called Shoebox, and that helps you store and organize your receipts. Evernote is another one that I personally use. It helps you track a lot of information, and it's a really, uh, it's a way of being able to keep track of, especially if you're a small business owner, a good way to keep track of your expenses and being able to differentiate between you know, what you're spending on your home and your life versus what you're spending on your business.
2: That's, that's great advice, and you know, I think that's the best way, in my opinion, to start to prepare for what's about to come. So once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, The Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money, we're talking about are you prepared for the financial apocalypse that's coming? And I'm quite sure it is coming. Let's hope it doesn't, but if it comes, Kim and I are pretty, pretty much excited about it because when the crash comes, that's like Walmart or Whole Foods having a sale. And that's when you buy. But unfortunately, stock market went up today and that's when people buy. It doesn't make sense to me but that's where most people are at. Which
3: is a really good point, because where most people are at, and and if I can just ask Rebecca real quick, the news, when I watch the news, they're saying, oh, the economy's great, the economy's booming, the stock market's up, everybody's happy, yet yeah. when we look behind the curtain and we see what's really going on, um, it's a pretty scary scenario, financially and economically, what's going on in the U.S. In, in your listeners, are they, have any viewers. awareness of your viewers, viewers yeah. your viewers and your listeners on your um, are they are they optimistic are they afraid are they worried what's this what's this uh, the feeling well I think it's a really It's not a straightforward
5: question to answer, and I'm not sidestepping it, but I would say that it really breaks down between what people's jobs are. I mean, I talk to people who are in industries that basically no longer exist, and even if they do, for example, people who have worked in retail for many years, even if they have their retail job today, they know that job three, five years from now is not gonna look the way that it does today. Then you have people who are playing in the technology field, where a lot of opportunity is growing and expanding, and they feel much more optimistic. So you have these different pockets, but I think there is an overall awareness, Um, and I even hear this from seasoned professionals on Wall Street. Everybody's kind of holding their breath and waiting to see what might happen next, because valuations have have gone so high, the market has climbed so much. so quickly. And 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 they do have, I mean, I was just thinking about this this morning, Bear Stearns, uh, you know, that was almost 10 years ago now was the fall of Bear Stearns. And I covered all throughout the financial crisis. I covered at the crisis then. And, and most people at that moment Almost 10 years ago now, we're thinking about the previous financial crisis, and, and I think that there is this feeling of we've come a very long way in terms of the stock market. Uh, overall, the job figures as, a, 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 as an average look good, but what's happening below the surface is a concern for a lot of people.
2: Let's well, guys? Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking to Rebecca Jarvis, Chief Business Economics and Technology Correspondent for ABC News and host of The Real Biz with Rebecca Jarvis and No Limits with Rebecca Jarvis. And dear friend John McGregor, he's a certified financial planner. And John has the pleasure of dealing with these people on the front line every single day and looking at the real deal, what's really going on. I mean, you can tell people, it's like you can tell people to go on a diet, but you know most of them won't. So that's the problem with money, the same thing. The best bit of advice that I agree with is that you gotta you got have your numbers organized. You know, and Kim and I do that because we're not good at it, so we hire a bookkeeper. What it cost, eight bucks an hour or something? And sure, it was a lot better than us doing it, but a lot of people say, well, I can't afford one. So they do nothing. That's the problem, they do nothing. So step one, get organized, know where your numbers at, what's your assets, liabilities, income, and expenses and foreseeable uh, future expenditures. And when we come back, then we'll go to is how would you prepare for the crash? You see, the crash could be the best thing that ever happened to you if you're prepared.
1: You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki.
6: Rich Dad Coaching offers a phenomenal variety of services and custom strategies, all aimed at ensuring a secure, comfortable, and rich future for you and your family. Now you can get weekly access to exclusive Rich Dad coaching services through our live stream events. Go to richdad.com and click on the on demand banner at the top of the homepage. Great new videos are updated regularly. Get inside knowledge and insights from Robert Kiyosaki himself, Rich Dad coaching professionals, and more. Go to richdad.com and click on the on demand banner at the top of the homepage.
1: This is the Rich Dad Radio Show the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki.
2: Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news about money. And once again, you listen to this program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android and all of our uh, programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them so you can listen to them again because repetition is how we learn. If you're interested and you want to know how to prepare for the future, this is a very good program to listen to once again because there's many different ways you can prepare. You know, there's... The poor will prepare one way, middle class will prepare one way, and so will the rich. So we're covering all three spectrums today. And you can go to richdadradio.com, pull this up, listen to it again, then you can decide what's best for you. And then uh, if you have friends, family, or business associates, sit down, listen to it, discuss, and support each other in making you know positive decisions, being proactive rather than knocking on wood.
3: Well, and I, th- What I see coming up, you know, we talk there's a lot of talk out there about income inequality and unfortunately when this crash does happen the rich are gonna get richer and the poor and the middle class are gonna be struggling and
2: many are gonna be wiped out. Well, thank you for plugging my latest book coming (laughs) out. It's called Why the Rich Are Getting Richer and the subtitle of the positioning statement is What is Financial Education Really? And for those who have been listening for a long time, you know I don't save money. I don't invest for the long term in the stock market. I don't get out of debt. I don't call my house an asset, and I love crashes. It's a completely different formula. The difference is we're prepared for the coming crash.
3: And and this is the difference, because the mindset that we use, okay, so Robert, you talk about we get into a lot of debt. Most people only know that there's bad debt, debt that makes them poor, debt that they have to pay for. I mean, the debt we get is good debt that makes us richer, you
2: know. Well, if I could explain something, and plug my book again, why the rich are getting richer. Financial IQ, in very simple terms, is if you had to write a check today, how big a check could you write? In other words, you had a, you know, if Kim and I had a million dollar problem, could we write a check for it? Yes. Donald Trump can probably write a check for 50 million, probably. You know what I mean? That's your financial IQ. As John McGregor said, the average person in America can't write a check for 400 or $500. So they have very low financial IQ. It's not that they're bad people, they just mismanage their money.
3: And a lot of that financial IQ is understanding the vocabulary of money and start and starting to think differently. Well, I Kim, mean,
2: again, I thank you for plugging my book because, <laughs> you know, Kim hasn't seen my book, Rebecca, so John, you know. No. But it's about financial literacy. How, does you re- how do you read a financial statement? Yeah. An and average person can't even read a financial an statement. An average
3: person, when you say, I don't pay taxes, goes ballistic. Oh, yeah. he's evil. Oh, he's a crook. Oh, he's a criminal. But if you look at taxes and you understand them, there's incentives for what we do. We provide housing. We provide oil. We provide But, things. but you but, can't
2: do that as an employee. Yes, That's but if you
3: want to get a different mindset with this yeah. coming crash, even just learning the vocabulary of money could make a huge difference.
2: So John, you've known us for a long time now. You know we're neighbors in Hawaii. You know I use debt and taxes to get richer. So, so does Donald Trump, right?
3: Very
4: effectively, absolutely. Yeah,
2: and it, it's quite, high... Like the opposite. It, yeah, it's high financial... Most, most people do. Yeah, yes. it's high financial IQ to take debt to acquire assets. In other words, take, li- take a liability to buy an asset. That takes high financial IQ. And when the crash hit in 2008, I thought it died and went to heaven. You know, John knows Ken McElroy, and Kim and I, we just borrowed three to $500 million and went after it.
3: And Ken is our investment partner and Rich Dad advisor on real estate.
2: And then the next financial IQ is how you not pay taxes, and this is the key, how to use taxes to buy more assets. That's in my upcoming book. Why the rich are getting richer? It's on your bookshelf soon and all that stuff. But that's the difference, and we have been Kim and I have prepared for this for years. So, John, what do you say to people? How would they? How would an average person prepare? If well,
3: first
4: and foremost, yeah. I think your your book is very timely given what's going on in the economy, and there's no no better master at the uh, the art of debt as you guys and Ken McElroy um, couldn't agree more. There's two types of debt though, the healthy debt that you guys are using and the bad debt that most people are using in their households. And that's what's driving so much anxiety and financial stress in households, which is leading to all kinds of problems. So so when
2: um, you so, mental when, and health problems. So John John, John but, again again, John McGregor is a certified financial planner. He actually deals with these people face to face. I don't, you know. And that's my that's my weakness. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on with them. But John, when you see somebody with very low financial IQ And that means they can't even write a check for 400 or 500 bucks. What do you say to them about preparing for the future? Punt?
4: Well, it's a lot of hand-holding, I will tell you. And um, it starts with some financial education, but also it starts with awareness. Awareness of where they are today versus where they want to be. A lot of people really haven't taken the time to think about that. And they really haven't taken the time to think what's deeply meaningful to them and attach their financial situation to that. And a lot of times when we go through that exercise, which is, Frankly, what my book is about is there's an uh, an aha moment where people go, oh, my gosh, I had no idea what I was doing, how I was living, where I was spending my time and who with is going to lead me to pain island, as I call it. And I don't mean to pick on the middle or lower class in terms of income. Frankly, I don't think it's really their fault. I think the education system, criminal, as I call it, has done just an incredible disservice to most Americans by completely ignoring financial literacy in the school system. Right. When, you, when you consider 65%, the study I just read, found that 65% of Americans aged 25 to 65 were financially illiterate. I think it's criminal what we're doing. When you consider that money is interwoven in virtually every aspect of our lives, everything, and it's the source of pleasure, but it's also a huge source of pain, it is completely ignored in our school system. And I'll just leave you with this last most classic and most telling example. And this happened in the 1980s. A&W released a new burger to rival the McDonald's Quarter Pounder. It was a third of a pound of beef, so the A&W burger had more meat than the Quarter Pounder. Taste tests showed that people preferred it over the Quarter Pounder, and yet it was cheaper. This great new burger was snubbed like by customers. When they determine why, they realize that customers misunderstood fractions. They saw the, quor- they saw the four and the quarter and thought that was bigger than the three and the third, oh and therefore went back to the quarter pounder. Oh. And I just witnessed this myself two months ago at a restaurant so someone didn't know the difference between a quarter and a third pounder. So I think that's a very telling example of where people are in terms of their financial literacy. It's scary.
2: John, I hate to tell you, I don't know the difference, but anyway, <laughs> I like whoppers anyway, but anyway. so, so Rebecca, I mean, what do you, when you know if somebody has, well, in my vernacular, low financial IQ means they don't they have no they have no room, you know they can't write mm-hmm. a check for five, four 500 bucks. You know, in my opinion, that's when you should go talk to Susie Orman because she is your teacher. You know what I mean? If you can't mm-hmm. control your spending, Susie Orman will scold you, which is good. Right. And
5: she she's a phenomenal teacher and she tells it like it is. Yeah, for, she poor doesn't people. candy coat. She doesn't candy coat yeah. reality. Um but I, would, John, I,
2: I would never do what she does, but she, but some people need to do it. And one more teacher is very, very good. If if you're a person who is a lot of let's say consumer debt, bad debt, then Dave Ramsey is your teacher. And mm-hmm. so the rich dad philosophy is depending on your position, depending on your financial IQ and your literacy choose your teacher wisely if you can't cut up you can't stop your spending Susie Orman you should, she, she should go there and give you a scolding you know that's <laughs> what's necessary. what do you say Absolutely. there? Rebecca?
5: No, I, I completely agree. If you are swimming in credit card debt, if you can't make the payments that you need to make in order to survive, the very basic ones, then absolutely, it's time to cut back. And unfortunately, there's no easy solution. It's not like a poof, silver bullet. It's gone. One of the things, and and if anybody is swimming in that kind of credit card debt right now, one of the things that I recommend that people do is And it goes back to this point that John made earlier. You need to know what kind of interest rate you're paying on that debt in the first place. Start paying off the highest interest rate debt because that's the stuff that's costing you the very most and eating into your future.
2: Right. So anyway, the the biggest point here, um, Rebecca and John are saying, you'd better take stock, find out where you're at, which just means organize your finances. And then come up with a plan. I know that's easier said than done, but Kim and I have been working the same pe- plan we, now for 30 years.
3: We, we've been working the same plan, and we there was a time where we had a lot of bad debt. We had a lot of credit card debt when we were yeah, starting out. I understand. And we actually, I'm just going to plug a product that we have because it's it's what we did. It's a formula that we use, and it's called How We Got Out How to Get Out of Bad Debt. And it's a formula that Robert and I used. And all you have to do, all you have to do, is you don't have to change your lifestyle. You just have to not put any more not put any more debt on your credit cards, and come up with an extra hundred dollars a month. If you can do that, you can get out of debt. So
2: how do they get this? How to how to get out of bad debt?
3: Go to richdad.com.
2: Okay. So that, how much does it cost?
3: I don't I don't even know, oh, okay. <laughs> but it's not expensive. <laughs>
2: so the, you know it really is. Uh, John Rebecca Jarvis and John McGregor, and they they're both caring people. We're worried about the future of people here. But you've got to care about yourself. Take stock on where you are and come up with a plan. So I want to thank uh, both Rebecca Jarvis and John McGregor. Thanks for being great human beings and caring and doing your best to talk to people
3: and doing your best to educate people and to make to wake them up.
2: Because thank the love you. of the love of money is not the root evil; it's the ignorance of money that is. So Rebecca, thank you very much. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank
3: you. All the best.
2: And John, you thank you. John, thank you very much. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. So when we come back, the most popular program, Ask Robert. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki.
0: Every business owner and real estate investor needs asset protection. Entities like LLCs, S, or C-Corps are vital to protect yourself and your business. Let Corporate Direct guide you through the process of forming a corporation or LLC. Corporate Direct is owned by Rich Dad advisor Garrett Sutton and is Robert Kiyosaki's choice for corporate formation. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off a formation. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760, or visit online at CorporateDirect.com. That's
6: CorporateDirect.com. The key to achieving your dreams is to develop a rich mindset instead of an excuse mindset. Instead of saying, I can't afford that, ask yourself, how can I afford that? It's amazing how a simple shift in thinking can open a world of new ideas and endless possibilities. Let the Rich Dad Company help kickstart your journey to financial freedom. Robert Kiyosaki and the rich dad company have compiled Robert's top secrets to creating a rich mindset now available in a 10 minute ebook, how to achieve a rich mindset. This offer is available for a limited time only. So get yours today, get your free ebook, how to achieve a rich mindset, go to RichDad.com and look for the banner. Again, this is available only for a few days. So act fast, go to RichDad.com and look for the how to achieve a rich mindset banner.
1: Log on to richdadradio.com while you listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki.
2: Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And today's program is, are you prepared for the financial zombie apocalypse coming? You know, what happens if the biggest stock market crash in the history of the world is right around the corner? After all, markets crash every 10 years, and we're about due for one right now. I wrote a book, Rich Dad's Prophecy, and it said the crash would come around 2016, plus or minus three years, so we're still in the zone. And the good news is, if you're prepared for the crash, this could be the best thing that ever happened to you. Now, if you're not prepared for it, it could be the worst. And if you listen to my friend Jim Rickards, who wrote The Road to Ruin, Currency Wars, and The Real New Case for Gold, he expects it to be the biggest crash in world history, possibly a depression, possibly a collapse of the dollar system. So, I mean, there's some extreme pessimism out there. So I wanna thank our guests. Who are the guests, Kim?
3: Yes, I wanna thank our guest, Rebecca Jarvis. She is the Chief Business Economics and Technology Correspondent for ABC News. I'm sure you've seen her on TV. And our other guest was John McGregor, Certified Financial Planner. He's got a, a new book coming out called Thrive, The New Science of Financial Transformation, Attaching Your Brain to Your Wallet, which sounds makes a lot of sense (laughs) but you know there's one thing that um, John told me that he does with some of his clients which I think is really really fascinating to really give them a cellular um, experience of what to expect in the future and what he does is he looks at their financial plan or their finances and says okay in the future you're gonna be living on Social Security that means you're gonna be getting about five dollars and fifty cents a day so for the next three days You go out and you live on $5.50 a day. And if that doesn't wake you up, then you're in trouble. But these people go out and have to live on what, if they keep doing what they are doing today, this is what it's gonna look like.
2: Yeah, the other thing that's a very big problem for people is oftentimes when they retire, they get a nest egg. And so let's say you're 70 years old. And the question is, how do I parcel that out Yeah. so I don't have more time than money at the end of the thing? And the reality is that most people go bankrupt because of medical. That's the highest cause of bankruptcy is they just can't make medical payments. So even if you have five dollars and fifty cents a day and you can put food in your mouth, what happens if you find out you have cancer or you have heart disease or you fall down and break a leg? I mean, who's gonna take care of you then? Your kids? You? I mean, So even if you got this nest egg of let's say $250,000 but you're gonna live another 25 years, can you parcel that out? That is a whole nother level of so-called financial planners. And simply said, a poor person is somebody who spends more than they make, for whatever reason. You could be making a million dollars a year but you're spending, like who was that actor who was, um, he, he was making like 25 million a year but he was still broke. He was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Johnny Depp. Oh,
3: Johnny Depp, yeah.
2: You know, at so, so many football stars and best baseball stars, they're broke before their career is up. You know, because they just spend too much money. If that's your case, then your teacher should be, you know, Susie Orman, because she'll tell you to cut up your credit cards, stop spending. Because if you can't do that, you're hosed anyway. And then there is,
3: Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Says, the the middle class, card. the middle class are, what's your definition of the middle class? Uh, and
2: the point here is this, if you just love credit cards, I mean, if you love nice houses and nice cars and stuff like this, you should left debt, debt free because you like debt, consumer debt. And then there's the Rich Dad philosophy is, plug my new book, it's called Why the Rich are Getting Richer. The highest of financial IQ, the highest, is can you take debt other people's money and acquire assets. If you can do that, you're Tarzan, man. And other thing is, can you take taxes, not give it to the government, it's called phantom income. So if I owe a million dollar or a 100,000 in taxes to the government, what would happen if I didn't give the 100,000 to the government? Legally. Legally, and bought assets with it, like more real estate, and took more you know, debt. You know, stuff like this. And I had cash flow. So that's the rich dad way. That's rich dad, poor dad. And so the latest book is Why the Rich Are Getting Richer and it talks about what is financial education really. And it's not that garbage about work hard, save money, get out of debt, invest for the long term in the stock market. If you wanna do that, it's not ours, that is not us here, but anyway, thank you guys for listening here. And you can submit your questions to ask Robert at RichDadRadio.com. And so, Melissa, what's the first question for Ask Robert?
7: Our first question today, Robert, comes from Tyler in Houston, Texas. Favorite book: Rich Dad Poor Dad. He says, Robert, I saw an article recently in which Janet Yellen stated that a financial crisis like 2008 is quote not likely in our lifetime. Would you care to give your opinion on this? Well,
2: just ask Janet Yellen, she'll uh, guarantee that. Maybe if
7: your lifetime is like you got one year
3: to yeah. live. Let's, let's say let's, let's
2: say you have 500,000 in the stock market. Ask Janet if she'll replace it if it goes down. Okay, that's the only question. As we always say, BS walks, you know what I mean? Money talks and BS walks. She was the one who missed the real estate crisis prior to Bernanke. And she was ahead head of the Fed in San Francisco. What gives her the right? She is a PhD, so is her husband, and they give financial advice. And as you know, PhD stands for poor, helpless, and desperate. That's my portent. They're really smart people academically, but they're employees financially, and they invest for the long term in the stock market. They all have pensions, by the way, and they all have medical care, so they don't have to worry. You might. Any comments, Kim? Well,
3: I I think, too, Janet Yellen, not only oversaw San Francisco, didn't she oversee Nevada and Arizona during the whole housing crisis and she didn't see it? And so now I'm gonna to listen to her and say, oh, okay, she says it's not gonna be a crash. Okay, I'm fine, thank you very much.
2: Yeah, as for, that a- old, for that old TV program, Hogan's Heroes. I, I know nothing, <laughs> I know nothing, but they give advice. Look, if she'll guarantee your, sa- your, your savings and your retirement plan, and she guarantees it'll be there, then listen to her. Otherwise, you better listen to somebody else. And next question, Melissa.
7: <laughs> Our next question comes from Don in Buckhorn, Missouri. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It says, do you have a unique or particular response for members of the clergy who think and teach that there is some sort of holiness in poverty and therefore discourage financial education and investing?
2: I, you know, that's a really good question because that's definitely not my religion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look, you want to believe that, have a good life. You know, they say the love of money is the root of all evil. As I said, is the ignorance of money is the root of all evil. Look at how many criminals we have in politics. You know, why don't so many politicians go into office poor and come out multimillionaires? That's evil. That's called stealing, you know? That's stealing. Well, how about all these Wall Street bankers who crashed the market and then we bail them out and give them bonuses. That's evil. So it's not money that's evil, it's how you earn your money. You know, if I was selling drugs in my moral standards of myself, that would be immoral, illegal. I wouldn't do it. But we all know people do. And we all know there's people who cheat on their taxes. That's illegal because you're cheating the government. Yet, if you had a financial education, you don't have to cheat the government. buy Tom Wheelwright's book, Tax-Free Wealth. You know, that's what Rich Dad teaches. So I think it's the same as listening to Janet Yellen. If you like the message and your preacher is saying being poor it means you're happier, keep praying with that guy. But that's not my religion. Any comments, Kim?
3: Well, I just made me think of um, there's a book called As a Man Thinketh. And in the book, they say it a little bit differently. But basically, it's money doesn't make the man. Money reveals the man. So as you're saying, Robert, if you're a greedy person and you have a lot of money, you're just going to get greedier. Yeah. if you're generous know a lot
2: of those people yeah. we know a lot of them
3: and if you're a generous person and you have a lot of money you're gonna be more generous it just reveals your true character right. so that's what I think I would also say this in terms of a church that says um, you know money is the root of all evil Then, then don't pass the plate why do they ask for donations why do they ask that you'd give money to the church but don't make money for yourself that makes no sense to me so if you're gonna say money is evil then don't pass the plate
2: and I was just talking to a young woman who is an ex-IRS agent and her territory was churches. I was laughing my butt off talking to her. I mean, we should get her on the program because her specialty was preachers. And these guys are hiding money left and right. And she, when she, as an agent, she walks in there and says, what's all this cash doing there? And the guy says, "These are love offerings." So now, when everybody talks to me about money, says, "These are love offerings. They're from God, you know." So you don't have to pay tax on that. She goes, "I don't think so. You know, the government has an <laughs> idea on that one." So, ladies and gentlemen, look—you can—you you don't have to cheat the government. You don't have to cheat other people. You don't have to become a politician to get rich. You can be honest, and it's how you make your money that's evil. By the way, there was one of the greatest preachers I ever heard. His name is Reverend Ike. He just passed away. You go on the website and listen to Reverend Ike. I love that guy. I mean, I used to drive around with the old days with a cassette tape of him, screaming my head off, I love money and money loves me. That's the kind of preacher I want to listen to. <laughs> so his name is Reverend Ike, Ike and I laugh my butt off because it relieved a lot of that guilt you know, around being rich. So choose your pastor wisely. Choose your financial advisor wisely. You like Je- Janet Yellen and she says, Don't worry, I mean, believe her. You know, what I mean, that's what that's up to you. I really don't choose to believe her, and I'd rather go to a church where it's saying, I love money, and money loves me. <laughs> next question, Melissa?
7: Our next question comes from Jake in Seattle. Favorite book, Unfair Advantage says I recently had to sell my franchises due to a lack of reliable employees. When I purchased the businesses, we thought our initial obstacle would be having an influx of manpower and lack of work. It turned out to be the opposite. We had to turn down tons of business because the applicant pool was for lack of a better term, flaky. A lot of business books, courses, etc., will cover every aspect of operating a business except for how to successfully target, recruit, hire, and maintain reliable, trustworthy employees. Robert, do you and Kim have any tips on this? Well, I'll just jump in here for Jake, um,
3: because I just had this conversation with Shane, who's the president of our company, head of our IT department, and he said exactly what Jake is saying, is that we deal with a lot of business people and a lot of people have no idea, not just how to manage people, but how to deal with customers, how to deal with everybody in your business. So there is a science and an art, and if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, you're gonna own a franchise, one of the skills that you need to absolutely learn is how to deal with people.
2: And I would aim in on that one, and that's why we recommend people join network marketing companies and all that, is because the only way you're gonna learn how to deal with people is deal with them. Yeah. And the more people you deal with, the more mistakes you make, the more lessons you learn. Because as my friend Kenny McElroy says, people are people, we're all different. You know, there's people we like and people you can't stand. And the key is how do you deal with people you can't stand and still get your job done, you know? So that's a very good question. I don't think there's an answer to that, but I think there's a lot of good books out there you can study, because you crack that code, you learn that one. It's a, it's a huge advantage you have in business. Yeah. Otherwise, don't be an entrepreneur. Yeah, an I, I mean,
3: I always say the the hardest the hardest part of business is people is dealing very, with very people. people. And I think I think back to what what's happened with all the airlines, and if they had better <laughs> training on how to communicate with their customers, their passengers, maybe all this drama wouldn't have happened for the airlines. Yeah, that's why you should make a lot
2: of money so you can fry. <laughs> private jet so you don't get beaten up and dragged out of the middle of the (laughs) aisle. Anyway, I want to thank you all for listening to Rich Dad Radio, and especially Rich to Ask Robert. You can submit your questions to Ask Robert at Rich Dad Radio, and thank again for John McGregor and Rebecca Jarvis. They give you a point of view on the real world of money out there. As you know, there's financial advice for poor people, middle class people, and rich people. You want to find out what the rich, how the rich are doing it, stay tuned to Rich Dad. Radio or Rich Dad, the Rich Dad Company. You wanna learn what the poor and the middle class do? Then you work hard, you get a job, you save money, you invest for the long term in the stock market, buy a house because it's your biggest investment, get out of debt, save money, and turn it over to Wall Street in a 401k, RRSP, or IRA. You wanna do that, have a good life. That is not what we do here. What real financial education is very high financial IQ. I can solve very good, very high financial problems, Kim and I can, as so can consult the advisors because we know how to use debt to acquire assets and we know how to use taxes to acquire assets. You can do that, you're a superman. So thank you for listening to Rich Dad Radio.